Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff. This is episode 156. And I'm glad you're joining us this week for this conversation with me, DW, New Year. Happy New Year to you, officially. Uh, we missed you last week on the show, but it's good to be in 2017 with you. And yes, it's it's great to be with you, and I'm sorry I didn't miss the show, but we're in a brand new studio over here at uh, Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, and we had a, a week where we couldn't uh, really get out to you. So, exciting to see what God does, exciting to see what he'll do in 2017. I never thought I'd see the year 2017. Really? I never thought I'd see the year 2000. I mean, when you're a kid, yeah. jets and stuff. Yeah. You expected all the jets and stuff to happen. It is now, by the way. And, and by the way, I want to say say hi to Jason, too. He's with us, and I'm just blabbing already. But th- this morning on the news, nothing I heard... Nothing changes in the I year. know. Nothing changes. <laughs> I, I, I heard on the news this morning, I forget what country it is, but they're working through the process of giving robots that have artificial intelligence rights. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, what are you talking about? They're talking about giving an, a robot that has artificial intelligence certain rights so that they could sue people and do things because they, their rights were violated. And I am sitting here thinking... That's ridiculous. Help me understand this. Now, I could be getting the story all wrong, but that's exactly <laughs> what I heard on the news. I don't know what country it was. I was listening to the BBC, so it was somewhere overseas that they were doing this. And I thought, that is about as crazy a thought as I've ever heard on the news. But then I thought, well, it's 2017. We're we're in the Jetson age, so we, we have to figure out how to deal with artificial intelligence which is what most blondes have anyway, so I'm, I'm not sure. Are we in the Jetson age uh, or the Back to the Future age? I, I have no idea. In the future. I have no idea. You know, I mean, it's like one of these things catching you by surprise here, totally. It's like the movie Short Circuit. Have you guys ever seen that, the movie with Johnny Five? Oh, wow. Throwback. No, I... Johnny number five. Oh. It reminds me of that, because <laughs> Johnny had a personality, right? I mean, and then, like, his battery short-circuited and yeah so did somebody that's sue like, him or something hilarious. or could he sue somebody else i mean if you gave johnny rights i mean man if you tried to you know disconnect his battery or whatever you could be charged with manslaughter yeah you could i guess I, you know i mean when you start thinking about this it gets more and more bizarre <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if that movie's still out there hey it's not our discussion tonight dave uh tonight our first episode together in the new year we've been on the series initiate tara k was with us in the first part Part two, want to talk about learning. You know, every one of us learns differently to have a conversation about how we learn. And some of the things that we see happening in my generation, this millennial generation that drives some of you guys, the older ones, nuts, Dave. You know, we could be sitting down having a conversation, could have a deep conversation, whatever, talking about the Bible. Let's just say we're sitting at a coffee shop, we're having a conversation, talking about uh, a Bible passage or whatever. What usually ends up happening? Can I just be frank for a minute? Yeah, Frankfurter. There's an awful lot of people that don't know God or the Bible that have plenty of opinion about it and they want to share it. And it's like sitting there pooling ignorance. That, that's what it's like. And you get to where you say, no kidding. 
have you spent any time reading this or studying it? No, but I have an opinion about it. And I'm thinking, you know, you wouldn't do that in any other part of life. You wouldn't do that for a mechanic. Jason, would I go to your son and say, could you please help me understand how a car works? No. If he had an opinion about it, should I care? No. No. Why? Because he doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> so, so, you know what? I, sometimes... You know, I think I think there's been this this massive movement towards let's make sure everybody can share what they think and what they're so that they feel really important. And I'm thinking, you know what? If you're asking me to share so I feel important about how we make rocket launches to Mars, you better be asking somebody else. I have no clue, but I would share it with you. If you want me to share that, I can. You know what <laughs> and, I mean? And you would. <laughs> and I would. But, but, like, please don't listen to me. And, and, and I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm saying, as an older guy, teacher, younger guys, they haven't studied, they want to share, and I'm looking at them thinking, are we pulling ignorance now? And if I say it, they get insulted, and, you know, now I don't want to listen. It's like, okay, how do you work with that, is my question. I'm not trying to say I'm smarter. I just have read it a few times. I know what it says. Dave, what I was hinting at a little bit is usually... What happens within, I would say, the first five to ten minutes in every conversation with a millennial. Now, I know I'm making a broad statement here, but if this millennial is carrying a smartphone, typically in that first five to ten minutes, that smartphone is coming out. You're right. And it's crazy. I mean, you could be having a conversation and be doing another thing at the same time. The whole idea of multitasking and attention span is, in a lot of ways, it's concerning. It's very interesting when you start getting into social sciences and start studying this out and the, the data behind it, we're going to talk about this on the show tonight. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just kicking off right here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason hanging out with you tonight here on the show. And if you need to, there are live coaches available 24-7 at hopenet360.com. And they're there to chat with you, to encourage you, maybe talk about some difficult things that are happening in your life. Tonight, if that's you, if you're going through something and you just need to unload, live coaches at hopenet360.com. Guys, interesting conversation tonight, talking about learning. Jason, myself included, Dave, we all went through some kind of schooling. Education uh, is a big topic, but I want to talk about how we learn tonight. And I brought up the example as you're sitting down talking with someone, probably a millennial, usually a millennial, but it does happen to be in some of our older generations as well. But you sit down, you have a conversation, and I can almost guarantee in that five to 10 minutes of that conversation, we tend to pull out whatever a distraction is. Usually it's a smartphone, it could be a tablet. And a laptop. But for some reason, uh, my generation, we're so guilty of this. We just tend to be so distracted by a lot of things. Dave, I know you've noticed this as well with this younger generation. There's a lot of what I would call you. Are you in the boomer generation, Dave, technically? Yes, I am. I'm a young boomer, but I am one. There are a lot of boomers that are asking these questions like, you know, why do kids be on the smartphones all the time? You know, they're sitting two feet from each other and they're just texting, texting, FaceTime, you know, Snapchat, whatever. It doesn't make any sense to me. And so there's like this this big gripe with this generation. But I think it's an evidence of a greater thing and it's processing this information. 
And Dave, you've spent years educating young people, teaching in a school, and now you teach at Nicolay Bible Institute. You speak many different age groups uh, up at Silver Birch Ranch. Talk to us a little bit about learning and educator types of things as you've been in this education uh, sort of profession for many years. There's a couple things that I think about when I teach. Number one is that everybody wants to control the conversation. And that's why I think they pull out their phones. They just do it different in different generations. They want to control where it's going. They want to control because they've already had, they already have an ideology. As a teacher and as a student, there's something I realize. If you were to take a a cup of water, Jeff or um, Jason, and put it on the table and you were to fill the cup with water, I would say, could you please put more in there? You would look at me like I'm a nutcase because you can't do that. You can't put more in something that's full. So the first thing you have to do is empty the cup before you can put more into it. That's one of the things that I think of both as a teacher and as a student. And and believe me, I never talk from one viewpoint because I'm both. You know, I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to teach. What I have to realize is I do have an opinion on things. No matter what they are, uh, through the years I've developed an opinion. I'm not saying necessarily that the opinion is right or wrong. I'm saying I have one. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking on something, a lot of times I'm waiting for you to shut up so that I can give you my opinion on it. <laughs> That's just how human nature is. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? That's one word, totally. by the way. Am I right? Is one word. <laughs> am I right? Um, <laughs> I'm kind of cool even though I'm old, so I, I, can, I can spell am I right. <laughs> oh, um, please. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But, but in that process, then, what, what I have to do as a student and a teacher, I have to be willing to realize that you know, my opinion cup here is full. So no matter what you say, it's going to spill over and I'm getting nothing out of what you just said. So I have to be willing to empty it a little so something will stay in there. And you as a teacher, or me as a teacher, I need to be working at emptying the cup a little bit. And how you do that is, first and foremost, you position yourself as somebody that doesn't know everything. If I'm going to be one who talks to a mechanic, I need to empty the cup of whatever my opinions are for a moment and realize that I don't know what I'm talking about. Now I have space for this to go. I also need to dismiss the fact that I am dumb or unwanted or stupid because I don't know something. We could fill the rest of the program just talking about what the three of us don't know about everything. I mean, that's not an issue. That, that's just no human being knows everything about everything. That, that just doesn't happen. What I want to do is be able to empty that cup. And I do that as a teacher by challenging and asking questions to people. And so that I can get in the cup a little bit and get it empty just enough to get a few things in there. Once things can get in my mind, I, c- I can ponder them. That's the first thing I think about when I'm teaching somebody. And that's why I ask a lot of questions. That's the best way to empty, empty the cup. Ask questions. And then be quiet. Don't give them an answer. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Just be quiet. Are there times where you're just frustrated with your parents? Boom. Quiet. Now, you expect a 60-year-old guy to start saying, well, here's what you need to do. Uh, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm waiting for you to just think about it and say, yeah. Well, you just emptied your cup enough for down the road for me to say something. And you might grab a little bit of it. And I might ask you this, like, have you guys ever been frustrated with your children? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Is it always your children's fault? Nope. I'm done. I now have enough room in your cup to talk to you. I just made it so that I could talk to you about something and you not be defensive. Because you just admitted it's not always my children's fault, even though... I get frustrated with them. So now my question to you is, so what is it that's your responsibility on getting frustrated? Now we're into the cups empty enough where we can have a little bit of discussion. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were just to come to you and say, you know what, I'm just going to lecture you on your kids get frustrated and here's what you need to learn. 
I haven't emptied the cup at all. I haven't done that. And you guys can respond to that, your generation. I mean, does that make sense? That's, I just caught both of you to where I could teach you. And I wouldn't be teaching you. I'd just be throwing it at you, asking you right. to teach yourself. Right. And I would say, at least for our generation, it's almost like we need to see the need to learn something. Because more and more so, I feel like, and this is a stereotype, that, that we think we know it all. You know, and we have an opinion about everything. I mean, you see that even on social media, depending on what, what the topic is. And even if you know nothing about something, you feel like you need to say something as if it were fact or true or, or that sort of thing. And so I think I think what you were just talking about is key. It's realizing and coming to the point of admitting that we don't necessarily know it all. And once we get to that point, then we open ourselves up to learn. But if we don't get to that point where we're willing to admit like, okay, I, I don't know this about this then we're not willing to, to step in and learn, if that makes so sense. So I can tell you, you know, I can tell you, hey, that's pooling ignorance. You can get mad at me for a second. Right. But when you understand what I said, you're not mad at me anymore. And then there are times where we don't want to learn. And then that's where Right, you just that. use it as an excuse. And, then, right, and so. then that's where we pull out our smartphones yeah. and pretend like, oh, I got a phone call or I got to answer the text or something. Or so you, there's you that reality, too, you bing, know, depending on what the topic bing, is, you know, because we don't bing. like confrontation either. <laughs> No, Dave, I like what you said. We do have this desire to control the conversation. And if it's not going the direction we thought it would go, then we have to steer it back to where we expected the conversation to go. And one of the parts about learning that I think everyone has to understand is the very idea you brought up of emptying the cup takes a lot of humility, first of all, because you have to realize that, like you said, you don't have all the knowledge of every single thing in the world. Yet, there's this tendency to want to pretend that we have all the information. And even as parents, Dave, I, I struggle with that too. You know, the idea that, yeah, my kids frustrate me, but sometimes it's because they're just doing something that I would prefer them not to do, yet it's not really going to harm them. It's not really going to... I mean, a good example of this is my kids like to do things like play with Play-Doh. And they like to, you know, take out all of the Play-Doh, the, all the different, you know, packs or whatever, and then like merge them all together which is crazy. Uh, I would prefer them to actually keep the colors apart a little bit, but it, it never works out that way. Kids always take it and they just mix them and then it becomes this big giant glob of goo. You're boring. Glob of goo or not, join us tonight on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We do have show notes for tonight's episode at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Jason tonight here on the show. And we've been having a conversation about learning styles. How we all learn, how we all interact. Uh, it's different, but in some ways there are similarities. We talked already about just how normal conversations can go with this millennial generation and even the next up and coming generation, the now generation. You know, it's just this smartphone, constant information. I would say, Dave, it's more of constant noise. Our generation and the ones that follow, especially with the internet, social media, uh, many different messaging apps, we have an abundance of noise. The difficulty comes in when you actually want to learn something. It seems like the 
pace at which we process information has definitely increased. And with that, it also can kind of create a strain on some of these learning environments. Yeah. And Dave, you spent years in the education system and now teaching for many years. You know, we see a lot of these things, but can you kind of go over some of the ways that we learn? I, From my understanding, there's a few different styles of learning out there, aren't there? You know, whenever you start doing this, you, you kind of pigeonhole people. And I would encourage you to realize that these are these are like um, just a really rough outline that, that this is how mostly they learn, but they usually can do other things and combine things. But there's four major learning styles, how people learn. Everybody that's listening, you fit one of these four, or you fit one of these in a majority of the time, and you can swing other ways depending on your personality. But one is a visual learner. Visual learners prefer the use of images, maps, graphic organizers. They love it. Uh, they love like PowerPoints and stuff like that. They, you will teach them so much more if you have visual going along with it because that's how they learn. If you're just auditory, you don't have them with you as much. They can learn that way, but they don't grasp it without the visual. So I always encourage people, the more input as a teacher you can put in there, the more you can use visual touch. I mean, everything, the the more you're going to engage everybody that's out there. And that's pretty well understood by teachers. Another kind of learner is an auditory learner. Auditory learners learn best and understand new content through listening and speaking in situations such as lectures, groups, discussions. Oral learners use repetition as study technique, benefit from the use of different devices, say it over and over again. Now, you guys have heard me often enough. I will say things over and over again different ways. I'm an auditory learner. See, I'm, I'm just learning it. And once I get it in my head, I got it. But I'm an auditory learner. So I, I both listen to my own words, and I interact with it, and I listen to other words, and that's how I learn. We are always accused of talking too much and that kind of thing. But what we're doing is trying to learn, and that's how we do it. And so you need to be patient in that. The read and write learner, students with a strong reading and writing preference learn best through words. These students may present themselves as copious note takers, avid readers, and are about to translate abstract concepts into words and essays. You know, my wife is really one who, she will take notes just prolifically. And I look at her and I'm thinking, why are you doing that? I would be wasting my time doing that. I would be thinking about what I'm writing. (laughs) I need to listen and respond to it. I don't need to write it. Not while they're talking. If I can't talk it, I will write it and do something with it because that's another way of auditorying it for me. Those are three, read and write, visual, auditory. The fourth is kinesthetic. This is the really, the kid bounces off the wall learner. Students who are kinesthetic learners best understand information through tactile representations of the information. They want to touch it. That's how they do it. These students are hands-on learner, and they learn best through figuring things out by hand. A kinesthetic learner, too, like my daughters, one of them, when I taught them something, would sit there and look at me, and the other one had to be jumping up and down. The kinesthetic learner has to do that. They have to move. Yeah. They have to, you don't punish a kinesthetic learner for having to get up and do something. Yeah. You, you say, get up and do it while I'm talking. Why? They're actually going to learn better if you let them. I don't punish those who need to, visual learners who are doodling while I'm talking. If you come to my Nicolay Bible class, there's artists that are doodling while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. They're learning better. If I stop that, they're, they're not. There are some that have been in my classes that crochet or knit or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they learn better when they do that. It's a matter of learning their styles and adapting to them, and, and us as well. I, I just said I'm an auditory learner. Look at me. I'm babbling on. I'm doing this. <laughs> I, that's what I do. And that's why I'm used in radio and other places, because that kind of learner can throw things out to people in a learning kind of a way. So they have to stay with them and learn. 
don't know if that makes sense. But those are the four basic uh, models. Jason, have you ever thought about which one or two or three? I mean, do you match more with one of these styles or do you think you have a blend of... I, I would say I have a blend. I mean, I, I, I tend to listen and then internally process you know, it's kind of how I do it, you know, so even, even as Dave kind of rambles on and on and on, I'm sitting here listening, you know, but I'm internally processing and then I can make a, you know, a response to it. And so that's, that's usually, and then there's times where I'm also, you know, I'd say it's slightly more visual, you know, like I love tangible examples, you know, but it's not like I have to have it all the time, but it definitely helps me grasp you know, yeah. a point a little bit. Well, more. you're an auditory learner you because know. you also teach, and I've heard you. Well, teach, and I also so teach as well, and so I think it, it it all depends on the context that I'm in, and 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 just kind of applying myself to that. You know, because when I teach, I'm very much an auditory person as well. So but let me ask you this: If somebody writes out their sermon, they write it out and read it. Are you with them or not? No, me neither. See, I want him to talk it. In fact, I, I can't stand people who are maybe... I can't, I can't, I, I can't. You know, right there, there's discipline. My wife's okay with it. Why? She writes everything out. I, I can't write anything out. You guys have seen me teach. It looks like I don't have any notes. Well, it would be one thing if, if I wasn't looking at them, I'd be fine. Right. You know, so if I'm just listening. But if I can tell they're just reading it to me, I'm like, all right, just give me, the, give me and I'll read yeah, it. Yeah, you are so auditory. <laughs> and I'm auditory. But, but that's, a, that's classic. But, right. And you've seen me teach. It looks like, do I have notes? I do. Why am I walking all over and talking about it like I don't have notes? Right. Honestly, if I tie myself to the notes, I cannot teach. That's how I am. Yeah. That's I can't I teach. It, it, it's like, oh, no, I got to go. I got to go see where I'm at. And then I'm lost and I'm, I'm struggling to teach because I don't know my next point. Right. It's like, don't tie me to those notes. Let me have an outline and talk about each one. And believe me, if you use that for um, a lack of study, don't teach. You need to study, 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 so you have something to say. I'll be quiet. I won't learn. I won't learn anything, but I'll be quiet. <laughs> it's it's making sense. I mean, it's and it's one thing for me too to to look through this chart. We have it in our show notes, but it's one thing to look through this chart and ask the question: What kind of learner am I? You know, when I'm trying to figure out how to fix something on my car, what do I usually do? I don't look in a manual. I usually jump on YouTube. That's where I go first. So the visual part of it, I'll learn that way and watch somebody do it and then try to replicate it myself. Now, if I'm trying to, you know, learn about a certain topic, you know, then it's going to be some reading and writing and that sort of thing. I take a lot of notes too, Dave. Even as we're talking today, I'm taking a lot of notes down and putting ideas down so I don't forget them. Um, but it's also how I'm processing through information. So I'll write stuff down. A lot of us, you know, when we're going through difficult situations, one of the things that we encourage you guys to do is to journal or to do something that takes what's in your head and puts it down on paper and to sort through the information. So writing in a journal, writing down in a notepad, or just even typing out, having some of that at your fingertips, literally, uh, will help you process information. We all do it differently. And so the big question, what kind of style of learning do you have? Are you a blend? Some of us are a blend. Some of us are very much rigid in just one quadrant. We'd love to know. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Let us know. Use the hashtag HNRTB, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. 
Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works and confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us this week for this conversation. If you miss any part of the show, do subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast for all of our episodes. And there you can also check out our show notes from each episode and go a little bit further into these kinds of conversations. We hope that this show encourages and hopefully inspires your conversations that happen throughout the week. We really believe here on the show that conversations save lives. And what we mean by that is that instead of living in a vacuum, living in uh, an echo chamber, as it will, listening to yourself and maybe the voices that are in your head, that you decide to break out of that shell and to go and have real meaningful, significant conversations with good, trusted people, friends, relatives, neighbors, parents. We really believe that having conversations not only helps you, but it can help somebody else in a difficult time in their life. So whether it's a difficult time or it's just trying to figure out the next stage in life, next season season in life. That's what we're here for. We're all about relationships here on the show. Jeff, DW, and Jason tonight here on the show. And we're talking about ways that we learn. It's our Initiate series and initiating 2017 in a way that will help it to become not just the most successful year of your life, but really the most meaningful. Trying to sort out maybe my purpose in life. And so this year you're looking for a change. It is interesting, Dave, how we constantly are looking, at least for me, I don't know if it's everybody, but for me, I'm always trying to improve. So the idea of self-improvement, maybe it's learning a new skill, maybe it's trying to get a better understanding of myself or my world around me. I'm constantly reading something, whether it's a blog, Twitter posts, it could be, you know, something on Medium, on different, you know, different blogs that are out there, just people that have ideas and thoughts. And, and I, get into these modes where I'm like, I'm trying to learn something and I'm absorbing all of this stuff. But it seems like whether I like it or not, I have to filter through a lot of noise before I really get to substance. And so for me, I do tend to read more of it. We've been talking about some of the learning styles. And uh, and Dave, just briefly summarize what we've been talking about in the first half of the show. Well, we're really talking about everybody being different. And we need to understand that both from the student perspective and the teacher perspective. So whoever's listening, if you want to have a life where you continue to grow and learn, you have to understand how you learn, put yourself in a position to be successful at it. And if you're a teacher, same thing. You put yourself in a position to be a successful teacher. You know, you were talking about wanting to learn, Jeff, that kind of thing. Sorry that then not everybody wants to. So, I mean, you do, but not everybody wants to. I would ask you two guys, uh, you know, as a teacher, and I'm just wondering, what is it in your life that makes you want to learn something that you don't want to learn right now? I mean, if you don't want to learn something, 
you're not trying to learn it. So what is it that changes? So if, if, if people come and, and they don't want to learn about God, what makes them want to learn about God all of a sudden? I think it's almost going back to how you were talking earlier, how you know we think that our cup is full and then it takes something in our life to make it empty and then all of a sudden there's a need, well, a subconscious need that we all of a sudden want to learn about it. Right. So, so you heat your house somehow. Yep. Have you ever taken any courses on furnaces and how they work? Having a clue. All of a sudden you don't have heat. Yep, <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> now, now, do you want to learn a little bit more about that furnace? Oh, for sure. Okay, there's the motivation. You too. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't teach something to somebody that doesn't want to learn it. If you're sitting in a class and you're there and you say, I don't want to learn this, I don't care how good of a teacher that teacher is, you're not learning it yeah. because you've decided not to. So there has to be something in your life there that says, I want to learn this, and there has to be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. So, so both as a student and a teacher, you, you have to start dealing with that issue. And we as adults need to deal with it. I mean, for example, the, the guy in the Bible that was um, crippled and, and lame by the well, and he couldn't get in, and Jesus asked him a simple question, do you want to get well? And, I, and you can be astounded by that question, because it's like, of course he wants to get well. Well, maybe he doesn't. You know, he's had a whole lifestyle of adjusting to a certain way. Why hasn't he gotten well so far? Maybe he doesn't want to get well. Part of teaching is learning how people are motivated, why people do things. And part of being a good student is looking at yourself doing the same thing and realize, okay, these things are barriers to me, so I'm going to get rid of them. And these things stop me from teaching well, so I'm going to improve on that. And uh, hopefully you look at it from both ends. I was going to say pain. Pain is a motivator. Mm -hmm. It is. Pain of staying the same is definitely greater than the pain of change. And so sometimes we learn, we have to learn something new in order to make our current situation change. Uh, sometimes it's, I need to change, you know, my life around. The other part of it, the other part of pain is stuff that frustrates you. And Dave, we were talking about this in the show. The things that frustrate us. As a parent, you ask the question of, do your kids frustrate you? Yes, my kids frustrate me. And then, is it always my kid's fault that I'm frustrated? Well, not always. It's one of those deals where we can get into understanding what things bring us pain, but the reality is that sometimes we have to learn. Pain definitely motivates us to make changes in our life. I find the ways that we learn interesting because it seems like I need to learn about myself more than I realize. Dave, I don't know if you've experienced this as well, but it, it for some reason... I don't just come with an, you know, an, an instruction manual of how I work as a human being. I know we have the Bible, but I don't fully understand who I am. I don't understand all of the things that I'm interested in. It's like I need other experiences in my life to understand more of who I am and how I fit into this world. Any thoughts on that? You know, the old story about the elephant, if you've never seen an elephant, I wanted to show you an elephant and I blindfolded you, brought you to an elephant and I pushed your face up against the elephant and whipped the blindfold off. What would you see? Something dark. Yeah, it depends on the part I know. But, but it, would, <laughs> it would be dark and smelly and ugly, right? That's what you'd see. What happens a lot of times is we live our lives and our faces are too close to the elephant, so life is dark and smelly and ugly. What we need to do is find somebody who isn't so close to the elephant and ask them what they see. All of a sudden, we can start adjusting. There's no way. If, if, if I'm sitting and somebody's looking at me going, try and interest me in learning. In other words, I am not interested. Try and interest me. I'll say, hey, I can't help you. You know, go do whatever you want to do because I can't help you. Uh, However, if you go to somebody and say, you know, my elephant is kind of crummy right now. Things are stinky and rough, but you have a different viewpoint. Could you tell me what you see? Somehow. All of a sudden, you're in a position where both I can teach you and you can learn. 
And and so really, those that are out there right now, and your elephants are your life is just stinky and crummy. You need to find somebody who loves God, whose life isn't, and say, "Can you tell me what you see?" And and possibly they will help you see the elephant clearly. All right, join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Tonight we're sitting down with my good friend, Mo. Hey, Mo, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Jeff. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Contrary to popular belief, my real name is not Mo. It is uh, Andrew Mashinsky. I work with Peace Lutheran Church in Oshkosh, where I uh, work with everybody from the uh, the infants and youth and children ministry, adult ministry. So, kind of cradle to the grave kind of thing? Totally cradle to the grave. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, 20 plus years overall in Oshkosh specifically. Been uh, there for about three years now. So my understanding is this is now your second year of working to bring in this recharge conference that is specifically targeted to youth ministers, youth pastors, children's ministry workers, youth ministry workers. Tell us a little bit about this Recharge Conference coming next month. Recharge is a great opportunity for anyone. And when I say anyone, uh, we do focus a lot on the volunteers that work within our ministries. But just like you said, youth pastors, lead pastors, senior pastors, Sunday school teachers, middle school youth workers, high school, the whole gamut is there. And there's literally something for everybody at our recharge event here. And yeah, this is my second year. Being able to serve on the leadership team gives you a great opportunity to network with people. And that's another great thing about recharge is just networking. The feeling that you can meet people so that you know you're never alone in this. Uh, We just don't want to see any lone rangers. We want to be a a big posse all together. Here on Hope Day Radio, we really believe in youth work, helping connect this next generation with hope. Not next generation, but this generation with hope and the hope of Jesus. And this Recharge Conference, it's a one-day multi-denominational children's and youth ministry conference. It's coming to Green Bay, and the idea is to inspire and equip church staff and their volunteers in their efforts to share their faith with the next generation. So whether you've been a 20-year veteran, just like Mo, or you've just started as your second day on the on the job, as it were, this is a great opportunity as a Sunday school teacher or somewhere in between just to connect with other youth workers, other children's ministry workers who are in that same spot asking questions of, you know, what can I do to impact this next generation with hope? And so Recharge, it's coming to Green Bay. February 25th, and we'll be at Green Bay Community Church for the second year got to give a big shout out to them because their facilities are exactly what you need for an event like this. Great large group meeting spaces, but then smaller intimate classroom settings where you get to know your presenter, you get to know the people that are with you. And like I said before, that feeling of networking that you're just never alone. And I want to give a shout out as well too to uh, parents. Maybe you don't get involved with your youth ministry right now, but you're thinking, what do I need to know about raising my children? What do I need to know about partnering with my church to build better faith formation? Parents are just as welcome to be at this as well, too. Any kind of involvement, any way that you touch the generation of youth that we have right now, of children and of families, this is really an event for you. My understanding, last year there were close to 150 people 
whether it's children's ministry workers, youth ministry workers. Very impressive because the 150 covers a very large regional space. We had folks from Upper Michigan, tons of people from the Green Bay, Fox Valley community, and we had some folks coming up from as far south as the Milwaukee areas. Believe it or not, uh, Recharge is actually with five to six different cities with youth leadership. We actually had somebody had such a good time at the Fargo, North Dakota event. They drove over for this event to get another taste of it. Wow. I believe people in Fargo are very smart, but this just blew me away. Yeah. (laughs) That's a long drive, too. So just some quick facts about five cities. Recharge exists in five cities. Uh, Not only Green Bay, but the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. Fargo, North Dakota, Duluth, Minnesota, and Cedar Rapids, Iowa are the other cities. And there were, last year, there were about a thousand participants in 200 churches that were a part of Recharge. And this is kind of an interesting fact too, 30 different denominations, which is, I mean, you don't get a youth conference like that. You, I don't think you can even get that at the national level. And we're talking here a regional uh, upper Midwest gatherings where 30 different denominations can come together and all walk out with the ability to say, hey, I, I learned something today. I was challenged today. I was able to kind of check my denominational difference at the door and just be here for the sake of the ministry of Christ, the ministry of the family, and the ministry of the church. To look at 30 different denominations, around 1,000 people, that just blew me away. So if you'd like to learn more, if you're a youth worker, if you're a children's ministry worker, or you just work with that age group, we would love to have you at Recharge this year. You can find details at ministryrecharge.com or check out tonight's show notes. Thanks, Mo, for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, Jeff. DW Jason wrapping things up here on HopeNet Radio. But this conversation will continue on Twitter using the hashtag HNRTV. Guys, anytime you talk about ways that I learn, ways that I process information, whether you're a teacher or just someone who enjoys teaching young people, doesn't matter your profession, anyone that has a desire to help other people understand something more about who they are in the world around them, this is one of those conversations that can go in so many different directions because, you know, we're trying to understand things. There's a lot that we know about personality, a lot that we know about learning style, but everybody's different. Everybody learns at different paces. Everybody learns in different ways. We talked about uh, how pain is something that initiates change in our life. So our series on initiate, how we actually initiate this learning process, it doesn't always happen naturally. Uh, Sometimes it's by force. You know, we have to go to school. We have to take a test. So we have to learn, quote unquote. Now there's discussion on whether you actually learn something by just regurgitating information on a test. But at some level, you are learning something new, whether it's math or it's art or it's music. Or you're learning how to take a test. Yeah, learning how to take a test, which I know, Dave, you were a pro at. I'm not totally a pro at that. I was trying to remember all the data to go into the answers on the test, but I don't know that maybe there's a science class you can take on how to take a test. But I always try and figure out the pattern of answers. That's all. I don't know if I know what I'm doing. but I always just pick C. I, I'm not sure I'm answering the questions right. <laughs> the reality is learning is... Learning to me can be fun. It doesn't have to be boring. Um, But sometimes it comes down to the fact that I don't quite know how I learn. So I don't know how 
necessarily to process information or to even communicate to the person teaching me that I'm not learning what I need to be learning. And over the years, Dave, I've found that my style of learning has changed. It's become a little bit more refined. It's different. You know, I I like the visual part of it, watching a YouTube video or watching somebody else do something, and then I can repeat that. We talk about being a follower. I'm definitely someone that enjoys following someone's lead when they know how to do something. Maybe that happens naturally. I don't know. But I do enjoy that. And then I can also read something and read through something and then follow some instructions and do that as well. I'm still not the greatest cook. I still have to read instructions on how to make mac and cheese, but I have to read that uh, and come back to it over and over. Uh, That's just me personally. But yeah, I don't do that. uh, The reality is we all learn differently. Understanding how to learn is an important part of understanding who I am. Yep. You know, it's interesting. If I'm making mac and cheese, I know, hey, it's got cheese, it's got mac, it must have butter. I'm going to throw it together. (laughs) There you go. I throw it together, and if it is good, and sometimes it is, I know my wife will say, you can never make this again, can you? Because you don't know how what you did. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yep, that's probably right. See, that's very... And um, yet you want to learn how to make pizza dough. I do. I do. <laughs> Which is a precise thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm an auditory and kinesthetic. I mean, I have to touch it and yeah. play with it too. So, I mean, I would do that. And I'll take the stuff that's precise. The funny thing is I'll, I'll leave the precise stuff precise. I mean, I know you got to boil the stupid noodles and make them soft. So you, you're going to do that. <laughs> but the stuff you add to it. Now, right. that I like the creativity part. Yeah. Um, and so I'll do things and taste it until I like it. And it's just I've tweaked it so I, I don't get it. You know, I, I would ask this as we close. If you don't want to learn, what do you want to do? Now, if you don't want to learn, what do you want to do? When you get up in the, in, the, in the morning, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit there and chill and blah out all day? I mean, what do you want to do if you don't want to learn? If you do want to learn, then what are the barriers for you learning? I would say get rid of them. Hmm. Um, likewise, teachers, when you teach, do you really want to teach? Or do you want to end up your day saying, well, I said it and they didn't get it, so it's their problem? Well, if you say I said it and they didn't get it, it's their problem, I would ask you to leave teaching. Because it should break your heart if they don't get it, and you should be looking at another way to do it. But I'm not saying that it's all one responsibility. It's everybody's uh, this learning thing. But on both ends, uh, if you don't want to learn, I, w- I would encourage you to ask a tough question, why and what do you want to do today? And if you're a teacher, I would ask, why are you teaching And if people don't learn from your teaching, why are you still teaching or why are you still teaching that way? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason, I'm experimenting right now trying to learn a different way to teach doctrine class and everything else. And it's because methods should be challenged and you're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to do it where they'll actually hear you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and if, you know, there's there's the two sides of the spectrum that you talked about. You're, You're on one side being the learner you know, and figure out how you learn. But then for those of us that invest into the lives of others and, and teachers, it's it's knowing your audience and, and looking for ways, you know, to do that and to invest in their lives. And, and, and it's something that we, that we do without even realizing, Dave, and I've seen that you do this, is that, and you talked about this briefly, about the relational side of learning, is that in order for sometimes the learner to grasp what you're trying to teach is that there has to be a, a relationship established, you know, and, and I don't know whoever said this, and it's kind of a quote that floats around there, but there's that quote that says, people don't care what you know until they know that you care, and I think there's some truth to that because, you know, the reason that I would listen to you, Dave, is because I know you, you know, and there's people that tune into the radio program that that almost quasi get to know you by tuning in every week. You know, but if I were to just stumble on Dave Wager on the internet and have nothing to, you know, what, what, why am I going to want to learn what you have to say? Exactly. You know, because, 
and I think that's that's valid as well. And so you always want to go back to the truth too as you're learning. You want to make sure that whatever you're listening to, you're listening to for a viable reason. You know, we didn't necessarily talk about that side right. of things, but there's, you know, just because you're saying it and wanting to teach me, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's right. true. And but that's a whole different topic. So, but that's that's the way that we need to interact with it. You know, we gotta you gotta challenge it. And so be why do we of, keep getting people to speak at our events that? that we'll never see again and we don't have a relationship with. And, and maybe that's the reason in another program we could talk about mm-hmm. why changes don't take place. Yeah. We're listening to people we don't know say things and they, we don't even think they care and they can relate to us. They're saying things, we leave, and life doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's the issue. Maybe we need to change how we teach. Maybe yeah. local people need to do more teaching. Mm-hmm. My dad is real big on that. We can talk about it maybe in future programs. Yeah. Dave, there's one thing that we didn't really get to touch on too much, but this whole idea of boredom and processing information, I think as we learn more about how we learn, you'll find yourself less bored. One of the things that I've been trying to do is, you know, when I'm planning out shows and I'm trying to figure out, you know, okay, what are we going to do a show on this week? It's easy to just get set into one environment and start to plunk away and, and you get into that writer's block thing. Change it up a little bit. You know, don't let yourself just, you know, go through it and, and get bored being focused on the same thing, maybe in the same environment. Change it up a little bit. And uh, and that's one thing I know there are different tools. Teachers would encourage students to use things like flashcards, so it's little bits of information. Maybe put pictures down to it. But different ways of learning. Figure out what style of learning you have. We've included that in our show notes. That is all for us here on HopeNet Radio. You can check out the show notes and download these in past episodes for free by subscribing to our podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat to tweet back is going on 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTV. You can also follow HopeNet360 on social media using the at HopeNetRadio handle on most social platforms. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash connect. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Later. 